0: Hey, podcast family. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. And I'm Tara. Happy Valentine's Day, if you are celebrating. Tara and I, we're going to do an episode on love languages and understanding how love languages are with our children. But some of the events of the last few weeks made us reconsider what's important. And as moms, we know how important it is to pivot. And so pivot. We do. <laughs> Pivot, we will. <laughs> Pivot is our friend Stacy Campbell's favorite word. Favorite from word.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> so shout out to Stacey. And I want to give a shout out to some of our other listeners who reached out to us this week from Canada. So Jenna and Mubina, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the conversation. So this week we're gonna touch on a sensitive topic, and some people may feel compelled to turn it off, go somewhere where it's more comfortable to listen to other podcast hosts talking about love languages. But we're going to go there today, Tara. Oh, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Yeah. So let's talk about the n-word. Let's talk about it. The use of the n-word and if it's ever appropriate for our kids to use it, our kids, whether they're black or white or brown, why or why not, and how we can parent through these conversations. This topic came up because for the last couple of weeks, a very famous country star, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was recorded, Morgan Wallen, who I had never heard of before. Me either.
1: You hadn't? <laughs> nope. That <laughs> <laughs> just goes to Joe. We know what my music choices are. <laughs> if you've been listening
0: to this podcast, you certainly know. <laughs> That's right. But Morgan Wallen, who was a white country star, mm-hmm. he was caught on tape saying the N-word. Right. And while he received some considerable backlash, he also received... A huge amount of support. Right. His album has now been number one on the Billboard charts, not country, like all charts. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, four like weeks all the way across. Yeah, all the way across. Yeah, and so a lot of people have questioned, "What's the big deal? Yeah. Why are we making it a big deal?" Yeah. And as a black woman who is raising an adolescent teen son, preteen, he's only twelve. I'm aging him too much, but <laughs> it is a big deal for me. Yeah, and I think that. I would be doing a disservice to this podcast, to our entire family, if we didn't take a couple of minutes to actually talk about it and dive into it. Yeah. So this month we are amplifying Black voices by starting and ending each podcast with a quote from yes. um, a famous poet, a famous Black author, writer, just as we celebrate some of their contributions. So Tara, if you wouldn't mind, go right ahead.
1: Absolutely. And this week, I really want to talk about our poet laureate, Amanda Gorman, who did an amazing job at the inauguration recently. And a quote I picked from her poem that day is, being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it.
0: That is so profound and appropriate for our conversation. Yeah. We need to recognize that we're broken, and this last year has shown how far we have to come. Yeah, We've been in the midst of this racial pandemic, and so having this conversation about the use of the N-word, the propriety of it, or lack thereof, finds no better or easier or more perfect time to do it. Yeah. I'm going to start by throwing it to you. Okay. <laughs> For our listeners, can you just share with people a little bit about your background and whether or not you have ever used the N word? No, I've never, I've never used the N
1: word. Um, and it's an interesting question for me because we, you know, I've shared here before that my history has been, you know, growing up and being around mostly Black people in school, and you know, as a kid and listening to hip hop music, and I still. I don't use that word. No.
0: Why do you think white people tend to use the word or or don't have any problems using it? That is a
1: layered question. <laughs> I I think when you ask that question, what I hear the most, I hear a couple of things, right? The first thing is, well, black people use it, mm-hmm. you know? So why can't I? If they use it, obviously, it's not that big a deal, you know. And then I also hear, you know, you do hear some of the First Amendment, I can say what I want kind of conversation. I think that there is a layer there of just not understanding what it means that there are things that are not for them, you Mm -hmm. know. And and I think that that can be difficult for people who typically live in a world that has no boundaries.
0: There is um, a really complicated history with the use of the N-word. As moms, we want to make sure that our kids are good humans, yeah. are good global citizens. Yeah. And the N-word is, is tough. It's triggering because it's a derogatory word. Mm-hmm. It has its roots in the subjugation of Black Americans or Black people. I'm not going to limit it to, to Black Americans right. here. Right. Absolutely. But what we say is when white people use the N-word... It's offensive. It can be hurtful, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And, and you know the story of something that happened a couple of years ago uh, here in the Dallas Fort Worth suburb where we live. I was not driving my best. <laughs> we <laughs> all have our moments. We all have our moments. And I cut someone off um, and he got upset. And he glared at me through his truck windshield and he yelled the N-word. Mm. And I'll tell you, he wasn't yelling, singing along with any Cardi B songs. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know, he wasn't right. rapping yeah. along with any lyrics. There was the purpose to it. The purpose was to offend and to belittle me. And in that moment... Mm-hmm. What was clear to me was didn't matter what my successes were. It didn't matter what kind of car I was driving. It didn't matter how many degrees I had attained to that white man in that moment. I was nothing more than an N-word that was beneath him. Right. And so understanding what that might feel like to a Black person to be on the receiving end of Mm. such a derogatory word, the one thing that I can say is, if a lot of mothers are listening, think of how it feels when a man calls you a B word, Mm -hmm. or what you think you feel like when a man calls you a B word. And that's the parallel that I would draw. I don't know if it even accurately can encapsulate how hard and painful it is. But it's just something that when I listen to white people trying to justify their use of the n-word, thinking that it's harmless or they themselves aren't racist, mm-hmm. I then ask people to adopt a different lens, which you so easily and readily do, Tara, right? Yeah, you know, right. You, you have a lot of black friends. Yeah. And you would never want them to be offended. But it goes deeper than that, don't you think?
1: Yeah. You know, I I don't want to take credit for this because I've always felt this way, but I was never good at you know, putting it into words, and then I heard a talk by Tanahasi Coates not too long ago, maybe Mm -hmm. two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And he equated it a couple of ways that I was finally like, yes, those are the words I've been looking for. And one of which was he made a very innocuous analogy that his wife calls him honey. But if he was walking down the street and another woman called him honey, that would be weird. (laughs) Right. There's no shared relationship there. So it's not appropriate. Right. And Then he made the analogy of the B word that his wife and her friends call each other the B word, but he would never step into that conversation and use the B word, Mm -hmm. nor would he want to. There's a shared relationship. And what it really put a fine point on for me is that the thing I couldn't put into words previously is the reason that even though I have a lot of black friends and spend time in black spaces, but did not want to use that word is that A when a white person says that word, it means something very differently. Even if I'm, you know, even if my intent is that, oh, we're all friends, That's it's different. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's different is because me spending time in black spaces and with black friends does not mean I share in the black experience. It's so good. It's a very different, it's a very clear line. I grew up with plenty of friends. We have a lot of shared experiences. Same school, same, you know, teachers, same friends, same city, mm-hmm. lots of shared experiences. I do not share in being a black person in America. I don't share that experience. So I don't get to use that word. Mm-hmm. Very simple. And and I, all the time growing up and people would argue with me about it, you know, other white people, and and I couldn't ever get the words to make sense. <laughs> I'm like, it's just not okay. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's just not okay. Uh, why would you even want to use that word? And when I saw that talk with him, I was like, that's
0: that's the thing. That's the difference. That's the boundary. It's very clear. That's true gold. Mm-hmm. That is, that's gold. I mean, I'm a black woman. I don't use it. My mother is of the mindset that black people should never use that word. Right. I don't use it. But for Black people that want to use it, and I understand that there's a reclamation of of the power, They're right. taking that power back, a word that was so offensive. A lot of Black people who choose to use it, it's a way of empowering ourselves mm-hmm. within our community. It's, it's a way of, as you said, expressing a shared experience mm-hmm. and, and using a word, but it is innocuous when used within a community. Yeah. I will say- I've had this conversation with white people before and I, and I've mentioned it and I never said it is as, uh, as well as you just said it, my friend. But I said, it's like, Your family, you know, I can I can go and talk about my brother all day long. (laughs) I I can talk about any member of my family, right? But the minute someone outside does, Uh listen, okay. When when Joey and I were dating, for you, it's not for you. So Joey and I were dating, and I remember venting to him a little bit about my older brother, and a few weeks later. He's out and he's like, yeah, you know, your older brother. And I like, well, no, wait a minute. No, (laughs) no, no, sir. You cannot talk about my family, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of like that. Yeah. It's understanding and knowing how to stay in your lane. Yes. I will say that as parents and as moms, it can be a little harder now because- the word, as offensive as it can be, and as offensive as it is, has gone mainstream. Yes. It has gone mainstream in music that is popular, and it's a part of pop culture. Yes. And our kids are eating it up. Yes. So one of the questions that I know a lot of parents have struggled with, it's, what do I say, or what do I do, or do I say anything if my kid is rapping along with the baby and singing along with Megan the stallion, right? Mm-hmm. So let's have a little bit of a conversation here mm-hmm. where we put on our mom hats. yes, let's let's be the moms now. <laughs> let's do Let's do the mom thing for <laughs> okay, a few minutes okay. okay and kind of figure out like how we as moms can walk through this and help other moms walk through this because again, if we don't Talk to our kids about this and set the boundaries and set the examples. Mm -hmm. They're either A, gonna say it at school and you're gonna get a phone call.
1: 100%.
0: Or they're gonna say it around other kids. And some of those kids may be students of color, Mm -hmm. like my son. Mm -hmm. And he will come home upset saying that somebody in the hall was saying the N word. And we don't want our kids to do that. And we don't want our kids to be in that position. Right. Right. Okay. So let's role play a little bit. What okay. you think, Tara? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Wait, you're going to do your
1: acting chops? Yeah, I'm ready. I've been practicing. I've been doing my method in the, the mirror. I've been <laughs> arguing with my child all week. So I'm ready.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of acting, yeah. did you do any acting in high school or middle school? Did I did. Place?
1: I Yes, I did a drama club all the way from... 5th grade through high school I did one act play I did poetry at UIL I did a lot of that yes What was your favorite role or performance Um I played Emilia in Othello for one act play in high school mm. and that was pretty fun I also did this really sassy version of Red Riding Hood in a play called Once Upon a Time it was like a modern take on fairy tales and I got to be this really sassy red riding hood. That was kind of fun,
0: and totally out of your comfort <laughs> zone. It was wait. big stretch for Tara <laughs> to be the sassy one. That's right. Any of our listeners had will to work know. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest stretch was I played the German who was hiding the Franck family in the Diary of. You did.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when my high school drama teacher, Mr. Capron, was casting the role, he cast it. For ability, uh-huh. which is kind of how everything should be, yeah. But I can guarantee you, after that play, everyone was like, mm, "I had a really hard time believing <laughs> that you, black woman, the Nazis felt like a stretch. <laughs> the Nazis were just going to be okay with you."
1: You're on that side of the story. That's strange.
0: <laughs> it was because the character was a uh, Mr. Crawler, and uh-huh. I played Mrs. Crawler. They just mixed it up for you. I did, but I also played. um, Ebenezer Scrooge And okay. Christmas and the All Christmas girls Carol. high school, just going for uh, it. Um, that was actually at my elementary school. I was in seventh really? grade. I love it. And there was some backlash because some white boys who auditioned didn't get the part, and the Aww. parents were very upset. Um, but that's another story for another episode podcast. Let's cry some tears for those yeah. white boys, poor guys. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> but hey, I had my jerry curl back then and I spray painted it um, silver and that nice. was it. Nice, nice. Yes. So we see color. Yes. We internalize the colors that we see and we need to understand and accept that in America, there is going to be a conversation based on representations of white people, of black people, of brown people, of indigenous people, expectations, and also stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't have these conversations with our kids, we're doing them a huge disservice. Yes. So we're going to set the stage. All right. I love the opportunity to pretend like I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a tween in my mom's car. Yes, and I'm I'm white. So we're we're a white family. Got it. We're okay. a white family. Okay. So we're a white in mom's car Maybe mom's got a little.
1: Kendrick Lamar on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think you may be one of the few white moms. Oh, I take it for granted. So, I do. Let's play like um. How's it come up? Just a... just an, uh, What was it? Conversation. Like Or a spot of... Heard oh, at her, school. Heard, heard at school. Yeah, heard, heard at school. school. Okay, okay, there we go.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Scene. Ready? So, mom. I was at school today. And... One of my friends said a word and another one of my friends got really upset about it.
0: So, what was the word that they used, Tara? I don't know if I can say it. You can tell me anything, honey.
1: <laughs> it started with an n
0: though. Well, why are you afraid to say the word?
1: Because my friend got really upset when he heard it, and I don't understand why it would make him so upset.
0: Your friend that heard this. Yes. Um, why do you think he was upset? It
1: seemed like uh, it hurt his feelings, and it seemed like my friend that said it got in big trouble, too. So it just seemed like it was a word that uh, was meant to hurt his feelings and insulted him in some way.
0: And he was a, was he a black student? He is, yes. And you understand that we've had conversations before about not wanting to hurt your friend's feelings and how it's not, good to be a bully. We've had all those conversations, but a conversation you and I have never had, Tara, has been about that word. And I know that you and your friends have heard it in some songs. I just want you to make sure that you know that you never want to say it. Because the way that your friend felt, there's a reason for it. Some people, when they say that word, they say it to be harmful and hateful. It has a very hateful history. And that's not who you are. Right?
1: No, yeah. I don't want to hurt his feelings at all. But I just didn't understand why. I just didn't understand the word. I didn't understand why it was such a big deal.
0: Well, remember when you were younger, mommy used to say, don't put your hand on top of the fire. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Don't put your hand on the stove because it could burn you. Mm. And so you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt yourself. But you also don't want to do anything that's going to hurt anyone else. No. And that word... For many, many years, it's been used by some white people to intimidate and, um, and anger and upset black people. And it has a really ugly history that I really can't fully understand because that's not my history. But I do know that I've talked to some black people and they've indicated that it still, even today, can be harmful and hurtful. And so we just aren't ever going to use it. And I don't ever want that word to come out of your mouth. You're better than that. And you don't ever want to hurt anyone, do you? I don't. No. So can you promise me today that you will never use that word? Yes, I will not use that word. Even if your friends are using it? Even if my friends are using it. And if your friends are jumping off a bridge, you're not going to follow them? That's right. Yes. And also don't do drugs.
1: Okay, mom. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> See, so there it is. That's the conversation. And there's so many things. Okay, and scene. Sorry, and, Oh, sorry. And scene. and scene. So there are a lot of conversations that we have with our kids, setting the boundaries and holding the boundaries of what is and is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. My question is, then why is it that having a conversation about saying or not saying the N-word isn't one of them?
1: I mean, it's a great question. I can only think that, especially for white families, it's it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I mean, going there and having discuss it and understand it, I could see how they would feel uncomfortable, like not knowing if they should bring it to their kid or wait for their kid to bring it to them. You know what I mean? But I think we do a disservice to our kids when we don't address it and- you know, discuss it and, and give them a chance to understand the the whys and the hows.
0: Right. Yeah. Because it's not something that they're going to hear about in their classroom necessarily. Right. It's not something that they will hear about on TV. They may hear the N-word and it's going to be behind a banging drum beat. Like, of course. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And want to say it because whatever popular artist they're listening to is saying it and they're just going to be rapping along, we have to let them know early on yeah. that it's not okay to say that. Right. we do that when we talk about curse words or or words that are not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this needs to be one of them. This I, is a I conversation agree. that we 100% need to be having. But I will say that it's difficult sometimes because these aren't conversations that our parents necessarily have with us. My mama had this conversation with me. I was never allowed to use the word. And so I didn't. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have not had conversations like this. And I think It can be equally as challenging as us, uh, who are Gen X people. Mm -hmm. For when our contemporaries or our spouses mm. are using this, or we're when in situations, grown folks. When
1: grown, grown folks who know better still use it. Still so,
0: use it. <laughs> let's go ahead and put the hat on again, and this time oh, it gets to be even better. I'm gonna go from from playing a white woman to playing a white man. Oh
1: man, all the power, <laughs> all the all power. The power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am loving this episode, family. This is my opportunity to play a white man so I'm gonna play (laughs) your husband Tara okay Um, we'll give him a fictional name because we don't want this person in any way to resemble your actual husband yeah but sometimes we get in situations where our spouses or our parents or our friends may say things how do you then address that so let's go ahead and take it back I'm gonna name can I be can I be your husband Justin yes, that's
1: perfect <laughs> it's gonna make you so happy <laughs> I know right
0: ooh, or Michael B Michael B ooh, ooh. man after that, that Alexa commercial com- that commercial man. was everything yes, right? <laughs> yes right. okay. we could do it so we're starting the scene and as the scene starts um, I'm I'm a white man mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just uh, Bopping along bopping along, bopping along some music Listening to some Listening to some 90s hip hop Yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm just No I'm, You know I'm just listening sing along to N.W.A. But I'm not calling them N.W.A. I'm calling them mm, With attitude And ooh. 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 So that's it Hi Hey Hi Hey sweetie Hi how you doing uh,
1: Listen I love N.W.A. As much as Any person But I don't know if we need to be saying the words. Those are the words. Uh, true, true. But have you ever considered, just maybe as a white man, just leave those words out? Just sing it along without those words. It's not really appropriate. You don't
0: sound the same, though. <laughs> you know, I say, when I say F the police, I'm singing the whole word. Can I not say that? No, you
1: understand what I'm saying. The first thing I want to say is, would you use that language out and about? Like with your friends or, you know, at school in front of the kids?
0: In front of the kids, no. But with my friends, when there are no black people around, maybe. Really?
1: <laughs> what, hold on. She so kind of, you throw you're me really off. Sure. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's sorry.
0: okay. But, but let's be real. Let's baby. be real. Maybe. maybe. But that's not this episode. That's true. That's true. All right. Okay, okay. So, so I will say, let me change. Let me okay. say, say, no, I, I wouldn't say it, you know, I'm a, but I'm in the comfort of my own home and I'm a little tipsy too. Mm, I understand. But listen, our son is wandering around this house
1: and he can hear you and he can hear the words that you're using. Are you? ready to sit down with him, explain to him what those words mean and why he shouldn't use them out in public?
0: No, I don't want
1: to have that <laughs> conversation. That's something that you need to say to him. Oh, You're his mama. Oh, I'm in charge of that conversation? Okay, so all the hard conversations. Okay, so if all the hard conversations would going to be on me, then I'm going to have to respectfully ask that you keep it out of your mouth so I don't have to have that conversation. Why is that on me?
0: Well, it's on both of us, but... Um... You're right. I don't want him saying saying these things because, yeah. you know, he might take it to school and he might get beat up. Right. Or suspended. We don't want him to have to face those consequences out in the,
1: the world because we weren't conscious of what we were saying in this house. Right. 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 Just keep it in mind that it's not just us anymore. We're setting an example. And you can enjoy that music without using the words. You're right. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I feel like that went way, way easier than if
0: I've really been fighting with somebody grown. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's the problem. I think that it is, like we said when we started this episode, it is easier for us to take the comfortable road. Yeah. To avoid having conversations. So if someone around us says it, um, we don't even want to engage them. Just like sometimes it's a rolling of the eyes or, or turning away or walking away. But we also have to understand that for a lot of Black people, like myself and like my son, we don't have the choice to turn away. Mm. And why is it that my comfort level as a Black woman is less than anyone else's? So we just need to be in a situation, a place as parents, as adults, where we are mindful of the things we say and the potential impact that we will have on others. Mm -hmm. That's the first step towards making real and sustained progress. I know that some white people say that they get tired of having these conversations or they're scared to have the conversations. I just ask them, You kind of really only have to have one conversation. If you say it one time Mm -hmm. in this house, we do not use this word and you hold that boundary. That's it. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. It is setting boundaries and setting expectations that we do and are better than we have been in the past. Um, And that's all I have to
1: say about that. I mean, I don't know what else there would be to say about it. I totally agree with you.
0: Oh, oh, man, yeah. we went there. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's easy to have conversations when there's a circle of trust. And, um, and Tara, thank you for making it easy for me to have these difficult conversations and yeah. say things that I have held inside for years. I just want to thank you for that.
1: You're so welcome.
0: And podcast family, I want you to know that we thank you for tuning in, for listening and for understanding that what we're doing here is about creating shared experiences with each of you and with each other. It's about us offering our perspectives on parenting because all of us are just doing the best we can but all of us in this experience are having different levels of experience so be mindful of that as we go through this life and when we interact with one another. Thank you so much for joining us today,
1: guys. You know, as Kanji said, we really want these conversations to help Create experiences where we are all in this together, and that's that way we feel every week when we're with you guys. As always, you can find our episodes online on all listening platforms. Make sure that you are hitting subscribe on what platform you're listening to us on, and leave us those ratings and leave us those reviews. It really helps us with engagement. We want to get these conversations out to as many people as possible, and you're the ones who can help us do that.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to end with a quote by another black poet and writer who passed away in 2010 and someone who I was lucky enough to know and to love a beloved friend of my mother's, the American writer, Lucille Clifton. She wrote what they call you is one thing. What you answer to is something else. So moms remember to raise your kids up. Remember that language is powerful. Words can hurt. Words can harm. But words like we know from listening to Amanda Gorman last month can also unify. With that, we thank you. Guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Take good care. And and scene. <laughs>